0: Did you know that the leading cause of death for a chef is drowning? Well, if you work for the Obamas or the Clintons, apparently. I have that and plenty of other topics coming straight up. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. (laughs) You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another show of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, go to AmericaOutloud.news, where you can check out all my colleagues' work, as well as check out the 24-7 America Out Loud talk radio network. And let me tell you, it is going strong. We are almost in the top 100 of all shows here in the world when it comes to these type of topics. Uh, so thank you to all the hundreds of thousands of listeners that are tuning in to not just my show, but all of them. And I want to give a special shout out as well to some special people. Now, one person I believe prefers not to be identified because on my buy me a coffee, they decided to just identify as someone, well, someone, I just wanted to say, thank you. I know who you are because I can see your email address. But I want to say thank you for making that great donation towards my computer fund to get me off of this uh, borrowed laptop that I'm using right now while I replace my computer for production, as well as I also want to give a special and hearty shout out to Louie, who also bought me some coffees in order to uh, help support the show. If you would like to do so, you can go to uh, buymeacoffee.com backslash boldamerica or you can go to my website, Americaemboldened.com, in order to support me. So all these shows that I'm bringing to you, if you'd like to support them, you're enjoying them, want to help out with that computer fund, go right ahead and make a donation I appreciate it, and you'll get a nice little response from me and I'll be indebted to you uh, for that support. So thank you to those individuals, as well as all the individuals that have been donating in addition to them. All right, let's get straight into it. In case you can tell, I'm feeling a little bit ornery today. You know, I've had some guests on the show for several shows straight, and today you're gonna be stuck with me. And maybe that's a good thing, because I wanna know why is it so deadly to be a chef at the White House? Because uh, apparently, over the last couple administrations, two chefs have now died from drowning. No, I'm not making that up. It is an absolute fact. You can fact check me on this. The latest drowning comes at Edgartown Great Pond in Massachusetts. Now, a little bit of details about this Edgartown Great Pond. It's an 890 acre. A brackish coastal pond located on the south shore of Martha's Vineyard. Now, there's a little barrier beach that's right in front of it that separates the shoreline from the pond. Uh, So the salinity of this, it's almost like a back bay, but it's not very deep. It's about eight feet deep. That's it. Uh, There are some sections that may be a little bit deeper, but this is a pond in all of the uh, definitions that you could find of it. Now, a couple times a year, the Atlantic Ocean does narrow at a portion of the barrier beach, and there's an influx of salty water. So it's about 20 parts per million compared to the Atlantic Ocean, which is about 35 parts per million of salty water. Uh, So this pond is very popular, but it happens to be, in the backyard of the obama's house all right they have a home in martha's vineyard and from what it sounds like this drowning happened out back of their home now the white house chef his name was tafari campbell and i don't want to dive into too much of crazy talk right now but i'm going to tell you what i researched and what i found that i find very interesting I'm just saying I find this very interesting. You can make up your mind on your own how you feel about the story once I share it with you. Now, perhaps Tafari had a heart attack. Perhaps he had a heart attack while he was paddleboarding, and that caused him to go under and there was no saving him, so to speak, uh, from the drowning. One way or the other, a person lost their life, and that is sad, it's horrible, and that should be mourned. Uh, so I'm not trivializing or trying to make fun, but I'm really trying to understand this headline that came out uh, that really didn't make much sense. All right. So the first thing you should know about Safari Campbell, he was 45 years old, and he died just 100 feet from the shore in eight feet of water. Uh, from what we can, That's where his body was found. That's what we can kind of tell from that. But that's not the craziest part of the story. The craziest part of the story is the police and fire agencies got a phone call around 746 p.m. on Sunday night for a man that they said had gone into the water while paddle boarding and did not resurface after struggling to stay afloat. So that's what the phone call was for. Now, some people are like, well, why would you be paddleboarding boarding at 7.46 PM? Well, I can tell you, I was outside at 7.46 PM. It was still about 84 degrees outside. It was beautiful. I was in the sun baking at a Premier League game in Philadelphia with my family. It was a wonderful game. Uh, Aston Villa tied up against uh, Newcastle. So that was a, a cool thing to witness. But it was a really nice day, and the sun started going down, uh, really kind of cooling off around 7:45. So this would have been nearing sunset, but not at sunset. The sun was still up for like another 30 minutes at this point in time. So apparently, people call just before 8 o'clock to report that this paddleboarder, Tafari, has gone under, but they saw him come back up before going back down. Now, why is this odd? Well. There is a uh, Instagram page where you can see on February 15th, 2019, Tafari took a bunch of videos of him swimming in a pool and he is extremely talented at swimming, extremely proficient at being able to swim. Now this is eight feet of water with a paddleboard in a spot that doesn't have a current the way you would have in the ocean. Very odd. So I'm guessing that perhaps something medical happened to him. Uh, perhaps he was under the influence. Uh, perhaps it was a heart attack. Perhaps it was a stroke. I don't know, but this is very suspicious that the guy who's cooking the meals of the Obamas in their backyard wasn't able to be reached by someone during this time. All right, so was there somebody else with him because there was also a second paddleboarder that was reported? How come it took until the next day in the morning to find him when they found the hat, when they found other things in the same area? These are all just questions that I have because it doesn't really add up to me. It deserves an investigation to see if there was foul play from another paddleboarder who possibly may have had some type of motives perhaps this is innocent perhaps there's more to it now for all the people are like oh the obamas they had this guy killed that's not where i'm going with this story where i'm going with this story is i do believe that investigating this for foul play since a second person looks like they were there seems very much like they should be a suspect at this point in time there should be an investigation what's going on um perhaps right perhaps we'll find out that maybe he served a bed meal to the obamas and they're like all right here you go uh hope you get some cramps <laughs> and he's gone but why why do i find this funny it's not funny but why do i find the story odd it's because we can go back to the Clintons and the bush clinton uh chef who was not working for the Obamas, just to make that very clear. I did some research to make sure. It wasn't like two of them. Uh, But an ex-White House chef in 2015 also drowned. His name was Walter Scheib, and they deemed that his death was accidental, but it didn't sound accidental. This is one of those Hillary Clinton uh, (laughs) stories where you could almost say, what did he know? And I'll explain why they found this guy's body submerged in a mountain drainage flowing with surface runoff and it was about 25 yards off a hiking trail which was hidden from view by vegetation as well as a decline off the trail but yet there was no indication of foul play (laughs) of course not how many people have the clinton's known that have been murdered or have died suspiciously it's got to be like up to 100 at this point in time i saw a list at one point in time and it was very very interesting anyway so this shibes body he was found off the immediate trail about 1.7 miles from the base of a hiking trail and he served as the white house executive chef from 1994 all the way through 2005. So he was with Bill Clinton for about six years and then with Bush's, uh, well, George Bush uh, W, uh, for about five years. But guess who personally hired him? Uh, He was personally hired by First Lady Hillary Clinton. All right. So that is also kind of interesting that she was the one that selected him in all of that so that's just another one for the fun little conspiracy theorists out there that are going to look at these stories and go what's happening well i like a good uh, a good story let's let's look straight at what's happening now let's talk about another thing that just happened to blow up quite literally the power plant in brunette island pittsburgh is on fire, it didn't really blow up, but people were kind of freaked out because the Pittsburgh uh, authorities talked about how the reactor was on fire. Let me make it very clear to my listeners before that story gets out of control. I looked it up, this is a thermal reactor, uh, but it's not a thermal nuclear plant, all right? What this does, it takes the fuel from the gas system, which happens to be owned by BlackRock through Dominion Energy Transmission. Uh, It started in 1973, and they have uh, three different ways that they get their electric. uh, It's actually really two different ways. One's a combo. They have a gas turbine, which has three gas turbines that give off about 65.3 megawatts in capacity each. And they also have a ge power steam turbine which gives off 144 megawatts for that one turbine and then they have a, a steam boiler uh, which combines them which makes them a thermal power project so this is not a nuclear plant all right i want to repeat for my listeners before anybody starts going well you've got to watch out for the fallout in pittsburgh uh, don't fall for that headline. For whatever reason, somebody said that the reactor or whatever was going down. That was a horrible, horrible misspeak in all of this. However, let's not lose sight of the fact that BlackRock owns this as well. I think that's important. Uh, why is it important? Because this power plant has been coming under legal scrutiny just as uh, early as i guess november 18th 2022 they were talking about carbon fueled power plants having to pay state fees and penalties for the amount of carbon credits carbon energy that they're producing could this fire be to possibly not have to pay those type of fees again just using our critical brains here to figure out whether or not there is more to that story or not speaking of more to the story or not uh, i was on vacation kind of uh over the weekend uh out with the family and i saw on a friend's wall that there was this new florida standards that were going to teach students that some black people benefited from slavery because it taught useful skills and when i read that the first thought that came to mind is nah That can't really be what happened there. NBC, you know, running with this story. And so apparently the teachers union, which by the way, the NEA is an embarrassment for having that lady up there the other day, shouting and screaming about how great they're going to change the world and everything. Oh God. Makes me, makes me kind of sad that that's part of an organization that I'm a part of in some way with, with teaching. Um, I, I please, ladies and gentlemen, that person from the nea does not represent my thoughts my feelings or how i would like to be represented i want to make that very clear and i don't care if that statement gets me in trouble with my own union Uh, if they have a problem with that then they can remove me from the union i'll gladly withhold my dues and say screw you i do not identify with the nea or that woman yelling and screaming anyway so the statewide union in florida blasted this as a step backwards and then it got approved by the state board of education right afterwards and so i read the NBC document where they're saying that florida schools will now teach students that some black people benefited from slavery because it taught them useful skills part of new african-american history standards approved wednesday that were blasted by a state's teachers union as a step backward Now, the Florida State Boards of Education includes controversial language about how slaves develop skills which, in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. Now, this comes from a 216-page document for social studies that was posted by the Florida's Department of Education. Uh, And so, there was some other language in there uh, that included teaching about how black people were also perpetrators of violence during race massacres the language included i put in quotes instruction includes acts of violence perpetrated against and by african americans but is not limited to the 1906 atlanta race riot the 1919 washington dc race riot the 1920 ok massacre the 1921 tulsa massacre and the 1923 rosewood massacre And so they felt that this was a huge disservice, the union I'm talking about, towards students and a step backwards. Now, why is this important? Well, you might remember that Governor Sanis pushed back against critical race theory, saying that it's time that we stop being into woke politics. And so he, at that point in time, Governor Ron DeSantis said it was wrong to our kids and employees and stop the woke act as far as the african-american history curriculum that he was talking about and so these standards were a uh, i guess a response back to that and i wanted to look further into this because my knee-jerk reaction was am i falling for a don't say gay storyline by the news again now, for those of you who don't why I bring up Don't Say Gay, nowhere in any of that bill does it ever mention Don't Say Gay. But the left and the news media ran with it and rebranded it as Don't Say Gay, so that way they could rile up everybody with misinformation, so that way they weren't talking about the right talking points. And lo and behold, guess what I find out? I find out that NBC did not tell the whole true story. See, when... Pres- Vice President Kamala Harris, says that this entire curriculum uh, was setting things back uh, and she says that it's categorically false, the curriculum that was put it, put in there. Um, that's when I found out that Dr. William Allen was a former chairman of the US Commission on Civil Rights is the one that wrote part of this policy you're going to have to stick around for the second half of the show to hear what he said in response to Kamala Harris and these news headlines. that way you can make up your mind on whether or not this act that just went through the education department is something that you support or are against. Before we can do that, make sure you check out our sponsors on America out loud. They help keep the lights on at the network. So that way my show can be pushed out to all you great individuals that are listening to it. As always, I appreciate you being part of that bold American family right here on American Bolden. I'll be right back, everybody. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden. That's me here on the America Out Loud Network. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. Americaoutloud.com join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Outloud Talk Radio, The Liberty and Justice for All. All right, welcome back, bold Americans. We're talking about what's going on down in Florida right now regarding the curriculum and Kamala Harris, our vice president, speaking out about it. You got all these individuals all in an uproar on television. It's just like the don't say gay bill, where it gets rebranded and then people are all upset about it. And so this to me is a reaction the critical race theory and it's an overreaction in some respect and i'll get to that in a moment but it's also a categorically false reaction by our vice president who happens to be a moron i really (laughs) she is the greatest insurance policy ever for a fading Joe Biden. And I say he's an uh, insurance policy because after I talk, finish up this Florida story, we're going to talk about how Biden is completely fading before we get into brains and AI and stuff. I just I want to make a mental note for myself so I don't pull a Biden and forget that in the future in just a second. All right. So there's prominent uh, civil rights figure, Dr. William Allen, who helped craft Florida's African-American history standards. Now, If this was, you know, a different prominent civil rights figure who was a black American uh, who worked on the African-American history standards, would we call that critical race theory? Why is it that when Dr. William Allen puts in these words, puts in these statements for what should be taught, all of a sudden it is now not critical race theory. It's now offensive and we can't have it. So Dr. William Allen went on to ABC and he said this, he said, the only criticisms I've encountered so far on the new curriculum is a single one that was articulated by the vice president and which was an error. As I stated in my response to the vice president, it was categorically false. It was never said that slavery was beneficial to Africans. Now he worked on the curriculum. I think he knows what it says and what it does not say. These revised instruction standards for African-American studies were a, a honest response to the critical race theory. And I'm sure that when they got a civil rights leader to work on this, a doctor... I'm pretty sure that they were like, hey, we're doing the right thing to adapt. Maybe we didn't agree with where critical race theory and that conversation was going at the beginning, but we're putting in earnest effort to try to make this work. Now, the Florida Education Association, they put out a really lengthy statement, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring this down to a smaller part. They just said, new standards require middle school students to be taught that the experience of slavery was beneficial to African-Americans because it helped them acquire skills so uh (laughs) the benchmark clarification says the instruction includes how slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit does that state that they did benefit so williams went on to tell abc in this interview he says it is the case that Africans proved resourceful, resilient, and adaptive, and were able to develop skills and aptitudes which served to their benefit, both while enslaved and after enslaved. You tell me, is this horribly offensive? Are you listening to this? And you're like, nope, this shouldn't ever be talked about. And if, if, if it shouldn't be talked about, why not? Come join me at Real Greg Bolden on Twitter. Join my Facebook page, American Bolden with Greg Bolden. Let me know how you feel about this. I see both sides of the argument, if I'm being completely bluntly honest. I can see where how NBC ran with that story, and the criticism was warranted. Let's be really blunt and honest. When we talk about our country and the Declaration of Independence, it did not include black people that's they were property right uh and we viewed a different race as property that needs to be the biggest thing that gets taught not what type of skills they were benefiting from because they were building everybody's home while living in horrible deplorable conditions with many slave owners all right (laughs) let's not try to clean up a turd and say, oh, well, this was so good because they got these great skills that they could apply after slavery ended. Oh, look, slavery ended. Now they can just build themselves a home. This is great. No, that did not happen. So I understand why there was outrage. But was this manufactured outrage by Vice President Harris when she said they want to replace history with lies? Is it a smear campaign knowing that they can use this against the Santas who after Trump is probably their next biggest rival because it looks like they're trying to get Trump out of the way any way possible with, with different cases. So this could be something where they're trying to brand, but does it change your opinion at all to know that African American voices, black men's voices were included in creating this dialogue around things. Now the Florida education association, like I said they, they put together a very large statement. And when they put together their statement, they were saying that basically at the uh, different massacres that they talked about how African-Americans were also violent uh, trying to lessen the massacres. I don't think that that's the case whatsoever, um, but the, F E A Florida education association concluded no matter what they look like or where they come from, all our children must have the freedom to learn the full and honest history of our nation. They deserve an education that teaches them about the past while helping them understand the present accurate history is powerful knowledge that prepares our youngsters for the world while enabling them to create a better future by avoiding past mistakes. Okay. Florida education association who controls what is accurate history right now? i just had on john warner the fourth on on friday where we talked about how history gets revisionist people rewrite the history books for what is convenient for a story to tell it sounds to me like fea wants revisionist history copacetic and cleaned up versus what a civil rights leader put into the curriculum tell me why i'm wrong Really, tell me why I'm wrong on this. Now, I know that the the DeSantis administration had blocked an advanced placement course on African-American studies before because they said it was going to violate state laws, and it was historically inaccurate. So you tell me now why this revised curriculum that comes out in these 200 pages are not appropriate for those that are... uh, (laughs) Who gets to do the indoctrination? I guess that's really what it comes down to right like at at what point is indoctrination from the left or the right or when is it just this is truth that's what i want to know because it seems to me like there are people that are more worried about indoctrination of youth as comfortable for them than for someone else and i'm not sure anyone's benefiting from any of that now I said I was going to talk about vice uh, Vice president. It might as well be vice president. I did talk about Kamala Harris. Now I'm going to talk about Joe Biden. Did you know that Joe Biden's been using these note cards for some time? We saw a photo a while back that was really concerning for me because it showed that not only was he using these index cards so he knows what's going on, but he was giving, he was being given the questions from the journalist before he ever walked out there as well as he had his answers ready to go when Biden does not have that provided for him he is not performing well he with the <laughs> he was meeting with a guy from Israel just last week and he looked like he was falling asleep in the chair as he was answering he looked like me doing a podcast at two o'clock in the morning and that's not good for anybody that's nothing that anyone actually wants to listen to i would expect you to turn that crap off rather quickly in order to uh get rid of me (laughs) be like why are we listening to america emboldened all right well joe biden his team apparently realizes that he has a problem they said after the air force academy's graduation ceremony tripped over something small they decided to be more careful and how are they going to do that with more index cards and responsive to his age by shortening the length of the stairs now this is also according to nbc And the reason they're shortening the stairs, they said any misstep is bound to be magnified when voters are already prone to believe Biden should consider retirement. No, voters don't think that Biden should consider retirement. Voters think that Biden shouldn't be in office at this point in time. They believe that Jill Biden is an elderly abuse person who needs to be locked up for abusing her husband, having him run for president, knowing that his dementia is getting worse. That's what people are upset about. Yes, he's very frail at this point in time. Yes, he's fallen off his bicycle. He's fallen up the stairs. He's fallen down the stairs. He's tripped over no stairs. He stares off. I mean, not only does he trip over the stairs, he has the stairs. His his brain is the stairs. He's just looking off into the distance, and it's a stare for a stare. Maybe he's thinking about the stairs that he missed as he stares. All right, that's enough starey things that i i don't want to continue on with that anyway he doesn't have the stamina ladies and gentlemen to continue on and NBC is pointing that out the hill has been doing uh, pieces as well about this the tide is turning against biden and what's also turning against biden right now is the investigation into hunter so when we have hunter biden that we're finding out, we're, we're hearing these stories. They're, they're coming out now more and more that these informants knew all about the fact that Joe Biden as vice president was leveraging his powers as a vice president for an unethical financial gain. The testimonies that are being heard by Congress oversight committee is backing this up. The whistleblowers are backing this up and the jackass Democrats are responding with, well, charge them with something then. Show me where the charges are. Meanwhile, we have a fake dossier who comes out with the DNC and Hillary Clinton, and people are like, well, we need to go impeach this guy. We got him uh, working with uh, saying he's going to withhold funds as president, so quid, quid pro quo, we got to impeach Donald Trump. Meanwhile, we have Joe Biden allegedly using his vice presidency to for these type of gains and the democrats are going yeah well when they bring charges we'll actually pay attention to it that is bullcrap it's bullcrap and you know it because when this was happening with trump all of a sudden everybody's like oh we got to get this investigation going we got to learn more but when it's your candidate you're like an ostrich sticking your head in the sand and you know what sticks up when you put your head in the sand yeah that's right because that's what you all look like to me right now you look like a bunch of donkeys donkeys in the desert right i got everybody's ostrich sticking down a bunch of donkeys staring at me full moon in that desert right now of democrats and i say this not because i'm a republican because if you listen to my show long enough you know i'm a libertarian i say this because when are we going to get an equal weight of law in the public court of opinion If we had an equal weight of law in the public court of opinion, can you imagine Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr. having any of this and what the media would have done with this or the questions that Donald Trump would have had to answer every single day? All these people that are making excuses saying, well, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. I really, I I promise you, you are full of it. Not only are you full of it, but you're fraudulent. You're fraudulent that anybody is listening to you at this point in time. Like, I really feel bad for your critical thinking skills. That's that's not a good place to be. We need to be better as far as calling out an equal rule of law. If it's wrong for Biden to use his office in a quid pro quo way as vice president, and it's wrong for Trump, then we should be having an equal equal footing there. If anything, the Democrats should be going, oh, God this just happened with trump we need to do the same thing to joe so that way they don't look like a bunch of hypocrites but that's all they are and it's really exposing the democrats right now on how hypocritical they are all right uh what are some other stories i want to cover before i let you go for this lovely tuesday that's right uh twitter is moving over to x now i reported a while back when x.com got incorporated here in my home state of delaware that things were turning over but now the logo the bird is gone on the website the web version the bird is still available as of me recording this on my cell phone But I'm told that that Twitter logo could go away at any time, and the mobile app may not have the bird anymore. The question is, will people start referring to it as X, or will they still call it Twitter? It's like, uh, you know, Facebook rebranding to Meta. Does anyone actually still not call it Meta, or is it still Facebook? It's Instagram, right? So it's like this parent company. So I'm curious if they'll change it all the way to X. But there's a larger story at play here see apparently mark zuckerberg already holds the rights to x <laughs> that's right he already has the rights to it so it looks like not only are we getting that cage match down in vegas or somewhere between musk and zuckerberg but we're going to get a cage match in the courts true story look it up so x I'm excited for in a lot of ways. I think that this was a smart move for Elon as far as trying to make a one-stop shop for everything. You have the user base. Why not go for it? Uh, And then uh, Joe Rogan, Donald Trump, uh, apparently Donald Trump uh, is trying to get on Joe Rogan's podcast. And Joe Rogan says, nope, I'm not interested in having this guy. Rogan, let me ask you a question. Uh, Let me first make an invite to Donald Trump. Donald you are welcome on my show any day of the week. I will change my schedule whenever you want to come on to my show. And that goes for any presidential candidate. Joe Biden, you wanna come on to America emboldened? I would love to host you. Absolutely, I just ask that you stay awake. But I don't understand why Joe Rogan will not have Donald Trump. You can have somebody on your show and it not be an endorsement of the individual. I've had plenty of people on the show that I do not endorse as an individual, but I want to talk to them because they have an in, individual interesting story to share. And I think that that's really important for free speech that we have that. And Rogan has 11 million people that are listening to him. That, that would certainly be a, a great large audience. But if somebody has Donald Trump and Joe Rogan's not coming the time of day and you have his contact info, you send him over to America Emboldened. We'd love to host him here. And final story of the day uh this one here is one that uh, i'm scared about because i've been reporting on artificial intelligence reporting on what they're doing with brainwave technology scientists just got a six hundred thousand dollar grant which is not much money but it's in australia and they're trying to use human brain cells grown in a lab and merging them with artificial intelligence in order to create a different type of computer. Now, in a Petri dish, they were able to get 800,000 brain cells playing a game of pawn with the synapses. Very, very interesting. Now, why do I think that that's interesting? Well, the human brain is the most energy efficient device known to our consciousness. No pun intended. In computing terms, we can do an exaflop, which is a billion-billion, all right, mathematical operations in one second using just 20 watts of power. The most powerful supercomputers in the world currently demonstrate an exaflop, a billion-billion, that's a one followed by 18 zeros, but it needs 20 megawatts to pull off this feat. We only require 20 watts, A supercomputer requires expansive, expansive electricity to do the exact same thing. So if we're able in a Petri dish to create artificial brains, to do computing, you are increasing the computing power in a way that we cannot even imagine. AI would be able to learn things and remember things in a conscious type of way that would completely change the definition of computing. I was thinking quantum computing might be like the most dangerous thing, but brain computing might be the most dangerous thing. Now, they're saying that this could be great for science, robotics, automation, brain-machine interfaces, drug discoveries, yeah. You know what else it could be really good for? It be really good for creating artificial people, artificial brains, where there's a sentient being on the other side that wasn't going to happen the same way as the consciousness developed underneath computing. So for that, I'm a little bit scared. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up here. I'm excited. A week from now on August 1st, I'm going to do a birthday show for a gentleman who did my show about a year ago today. And that was Michael Bednark, the, Godfather of the Constitution. He passed away August 11th of last year, just a few weeks after uh, he did my show. I had his final recorded interview. And so we're going to honor his birthday on August 1st. And then the following week, I got a special week of shows lined up for everybody. You're not going to want to miss that either. But we still got three more days this week before we even get to all that excitement. All right. So you're going to want to tune in tomorrow. Catch on to the next show, everyone. As always, I appreciate your time. I hope that I honored it well, and I hope that you're having a great Tuesday here. And thanks for spending some time with me. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.